They put on the helmet and pads. Flattened by a reader, short of the line of scrimmage. And make the big plays. Here comes Merciless, sack fumble, and the Texans have the ball. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. Got that first hit? You always need that first hit just to get into the rhythm. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. That was just a fun little tweet I sent out, but I was like, didn't expect it to blow up the way it did. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Live from Fuddruckers with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sadu, and Drew Doherty. Oh, man, we have such a great crowd here tonight at Town & Country, Fuddruckers. Our visit to the west side. We venture all the way west. All right, it's not that far, but it's, it's far crowd for of you, year. DP. It's crowd of it, year. Feels, it feels far west. You're going to the Drake concert tonight later, <laughs> so we'll monitor your progress via GPS to see if I like how people are asking breaking. me as I walk in. They're like, you're wearing that to the concert? No, I'm going to go home and change. Oh, you are? I, these are my worky clothes. I'm not going to go to Drake later. change for the show? I don't, but, you know, I couldn't get my friends to come out here because they're working as well. So I, I've been asked by multiple people if she's actually staying for the whole show. Like this, like, our show, our radio show, not, really? the, not the Drake show. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm a total pro like that. I, I know, will drive I like I will drive like a maniac to get there, but I will stay for the whole you show. You think she floated it out there to see if we'd say, eh, go ahead, cut loose. <laughs> if you know, I did, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. It did right. not work. Jonathan Joseph is going to be here tonight, so uh, we look forward to seeing him. He'll be here any moment. A couple of minutes for J. Joe, who um, had his defense come up with, well, they came up with two overtime stops, okay? A stop to force a field goal and a stop on fourth down, and J. Joe himself was involved with that. And the Texans got the ball back, and they got their first win of 2018. And I got a lot of questions. You know, Tuesday I do a little radio tour, and a lot of questions about how do you feel about that win? Like, I feel great. I mean, it's a win. It's not figure skating. It's not like, oh, you blew the double axle move and you got a point deduction. No, you came away with the victory. You know, you won the gold medal for that day in that particular competition. That's all that matters. We're close enough to the fire that we appreciate it. You know, we, any win is a win and we take it. But you understand people outside, there are those beauty points that they go for. And they want perfection and they want domination. And they saw domination at 28-10. But the reality of the matter is... Andrew Luck is a really darn good quarterback, mm. and he slung it. And it's a good thing he had to sling it 62 times because that meant you got after him. That meant when, yeah. when you throw the ball that much, that meant something is not going right for them in another area of the run game, which the Texans bottled up. But you've got to give Andrew Luck his credit. I mean, the guy is is there for a reason. He was the first pick for a reason. And he's. you ask anybody in the division – Hey, who's, who do you have to worry about quarterback-wise at the top of that heap? They're going to say luck most of the time. I like how all, like, for the first three games, everyone talked about his arm strength. and What is his it. arm strength? And he, he lobbed out a Hail Mary. I felt like he was almost showing off at that point. But, you know, I felt like during the game I was so stressed that I was actually thinking that even if we win, I'm still going to feel stressed. But as soon as the game was over, it was just such a relief. And I feel like yeah. this team has been on the opposite side of those close battles where, you know, the, the luck has gone the other team's way and this team has lost. So I feel like it's okay if the Texans walk out every now and then with a win of their own and things go their way, way towards the end. That fourth down call, you know what, they made a tremendous stop, and you can't take that away from them. And isn't it nice seeing the other team get called for holding multiple times? <laughs> In crucial situations. Multiple times, and that's, that's yeah. the benefit of having Clowney and Watt now at full strength the it's it's the full realization of what we thought they could be back when you drafted Clowney. 
back that was when Watt was you know at his apex, and it looks like he's right, right back there right it's now. It's true. Well, you know, we're going to talk about it in the second hour, but Khalil Mack, everyone's talking about what a steal it was for the Bears to take him. Like, they look like geniuses. But when you look at the numbers of Khalil Mack and J.J. Watt, J.J.'s numbers are actually better, but the difference is this team's not been winning, so he hasn't gotten as much publicity. You're talking about within the context of this season, they're better. Of this yeah. season alone. And obviously, career-wise, they are. And it was a steal for Career-wise. how great Watt is playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's just at the top of his game. And I just have to say, seeing Jadeveon Clowney doing snow angels on that turf uh, at Lucas big. Oil, was I was, big, I yeah. was just... It well, was just we, the game wasn't won just it, yet, it but was that was exciting. Not won at all. <laughs> it was not won at all. When he did the snow angel, I thought, isn't that <laughs> it, special? But it's a little early, but it, okay. <laughs> it's third and very long, and then they come up with the big play. They, they did make it fourth and four, and I'm thinking fourth and four. That's really gettable. You know, I like fourth and fourteen, please. Fourth and four. It was third and whatever, and they got that big play to the tight end. But to push him back so far to put him in that, that situation. But that was, right. a it was a key play, play on that yeah. drive. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not and taking anything not. away from that. Not. And that sack, he threw Quentin Nelson to the side. Oh, my gosh, was that beautiful clowny stuff. Vintage clowny, if you will. Well, and we, that defensive touchdown that he had earlier in the game where he fell on the ball. He's, after that bad snap. Yeah, and it's one of those things. That's a that's another good break you got. And, and you're right. You know, the game is about breaks sometimes. And the Texans have And it has to go the Texans' way eventually. And many of them self-inflicted. But it's okay if the other team does it. You know, you just, again, just get the win, move on, try to get better. And they're going to need to get a lot better on Sunday because they have the Cowboys coming in, and it's huge. One final thought on Clowney. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it a lot. And there was a stretch there in the middle of last season where we were wondering, hey, could this guy be Defensive Player of the Year? And he didn't wind up getting it. But... I guarantee you he's one of the one or two most feared defensive players around the rest of the league. I mean, people do not want to deal with this guy because he, he'll embarrass you. He'll throw you around like a rag doll like he did like Quentin Nelson. He'll get to the quarterback. And, I mean, four TFLs on top of the, the, the two sacks. It was the, just the one he had earlier um, against Wilkins was unbelievable. I mean, just blasted right between the center and the guard. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, that – he puts on a highlight reel. Yep. Like, within that game, that game alone, it reminded me of the Jacksonville game at home in 2016 when the Texans were down 14 nothing. they came back. That was kind of like his personal tour de force. Yeah. This game was a tour de force. And Watt had a huge game as well with the two strip sacks. So, great to see. And as we say all that, they gave up over 400 yards passing and needed every second of overtime to win yeah. this football game. It was that kind of game. My feeling, all right, besides relief after that was, we're going to see these two guys do this a lot. Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson are going to be in some shootouts, all right? This is Kenny O'Brien and Dan Marino in the 80s. This is Dan Fouts and Kenny Anderson. What? Am I going too old school? <laughs> no, no, it's, here? no but it's, it, you, you think about it. The quarterbacks in this division, Mariota's starting to play better. You know, Blake Bortles is hanging in there, obviously, with the Jags doing very well. But Mariota played well on Sunday. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles, defending Super Bowl champs. So, there's a lot of good quarterback development going on here. Andrew Luck's already established. But every week it appears that he's getting healthier and healthier, which is bad news for everybody else. Thank goodness the rest of his offense isn't so hot. But, again, they were pretty hot on Sunday. So we'll see how that plays out as far as the Texans are concerned. Well, after playing that really long, tremendously long game, now the Colts have to head to New England on Thursday night. The without T.Y. New England Thursday Too night bad. trip. And, they're so, and, and I feel like the Texans did some good work there because they sent them off nice and tired on a short week Softened with some extra up. football. Yeah. And the Texans get, like, maybe a few extra hours having the Sunday night game Well, you know who the Jags have Sunday? This is big. Kansas City on the road. That's right. That's this a Titanic is, game right there. It's, that, just, it's such a, an aesthetically, it's going to be so fun. It, to that'll watch. be a fun game Great to watch. defense, great offense. Which one bends? Which one 
triumphs. Boy, Mahomes, you know, it's funny how great he looks in short order, right? I mean, the, the guy looks incredible out of Texas Tech. You think of all the good young quarterbacks in the league now with Goff and Watson and Mahomes. With and 14 touchdowns, fans no interceptions. Fans aren't yeah. cheering for oh, yeah, they're, they're not cheering for Mahomes. They're no, cheering no, for Jonathan I, yeah, Joseph. I'm glad yes. you made that clear because, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now at Fuddruckers, it is Jonathan Joseph. And here he is kind of like almost like in your neighborhood here as we come to town. You know, I think we basically come here for you. Like all these people are here for you, <laughs> but, but we make this appearance here for you. We want to see you on the show. How's it going, J.J.? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Great. It's good to see you. So we were just talking about the game a little bit. When, when you get through a game like that, what, what's the feeling? Not just getting the win, but just having that barrage of offense thrown at you and be able, being able to make that key stop right when you needed it to get the ball back one more time. I think it's about just staying focused and, you know, being in the moment. I think, obviously, you know, you don't want it to come down to that. You like to put it away before that. But I think, you know, every down is crucial in this league and it's always one play at a time. We kind of say it sometimes as a cliche. But, you know, in those moments, they have to really be one play at a time. You know, we were talking about Jadevian Clowney earlier on that same drive before you made that fourth down stop. He had the big sack on Andrew Luck on second down and then did the snow angel on the turf, which was a lot of fun to watch. But what, what have you thought about, like, his development, how, how he came along in that game? Because I know you, you go way back with Clowney. You guys are from the same town in South Carolina. I think, you know, he had a great week of practice. I think that's the start of it. I think, you know, he had a great week of practice. It carried over throughout, you know, the road trip. He was in a great mood all week. And, you know, we knew it was going to be a big week for him. Guys can just feel it, and I think he's getting to that point throughout the season to where he's kind of finding himself and finding his way about going throughout his business throughout the week and preparing for the game. How, how exciting is that for you guys, knowing that that's coming and then also knowing what you've seen from J.J. Watt, too? Oh, it's big, man. You know, just personally for him just to continue to uh, reach his potential. And I think with J.J. over there, it's going to push him even more. Us in the back end, you know, it's a blessing to have those guys up front rushing the quarterback, you know, play in and play out now more than ever because it's a passing league. It seemed like there were some drives there at the end that just really, you guys looked exhausted. They were just really quick. It was down the field. I mean, when you're in a moment like that, what is it? You know, J.J. talked a little bit about having to really dig deep to stay on the field and to sort of keep going through all that because, you know, there was no time to really rest and recover. How do you how do you rally the troops to sort of, you know, get them to not lose momentum on, on, on drives like that? Uh, I think it's, you know, when you prepare in training camp uh, throughout the week, Everything that you do for the moment like that. There's nothing in the game that can prepare you for a moment like that. It's everything before that moment. I think when you get to that moment, you kind of can feel it to where you know, either you're going to sink or you're going to swim and fight. And I think us as a team, we continue to do that. And it showed throughout the game, offense, defense, and special teams. We continue to fight no matter what the situation was. Pick one another up when we needed to, and we just finished the game. Offense came out of the intermission, went on that long drive, scored the touchdown, made it 28-10. And from then on, it felt like a track meet between you two. I mean, did, is that a, an, apt, uh, an accurate description of what we saw? Uh, I, I would agree. You know, um, anytime you got a guy with Andrew Luck, you know he's never going to lay down and quit. He's going to continue to fight the whole game. And if you look back at that game, you know, I didn't really realize it until somebody brought it up, but 62 passes in that game. Mm -hmm. It was basically like a game of seven on seven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, that's the way the NFL is now. You know, if you got a guy like that at quarterback, the same way we have Deshaun uh, Watson, you're never out of it. It's amazing his arm didn't just fall off after the end of that because it just seemed like he was just lobbing up pass after pass after pass. And 
people that question his arm strength, when you see a guy like that, you know, doesn't he look like how he looked before his surgery? Oh, absolutely. He's a warrior. He's a fighter. You know, you know you're going to bring that same mentality no matter what the situation is. You know, I think um, that probably led to some of his injuries that he had before. You know, just wanting to continue to push through it. But I think it's definitely there. He's able to push and play, push the ball downfield, made all the throws and checks. So he's definitely back to where he was before. How much is, I was going to say, how much has he grown <laughs> since 2012 when he came in the league? Because it seemed like he came in at a very high level, and he what, he didn't play like a rookie, you know, right off. He's mature beyond his, beyond his years. I think, you know, upstairs, that's the main thing with the quarterback, being able to understand the game and process a lot being thrown at you. You look at last night, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, that was blitzing and flushing out the pocket. He's able to recognize it quick and make decisions. And I think that's what you've seen throughout Andrew Luck. Also, the tough physical part with him running out there. You know, he's breaking through the uh, line, uh, the pass rush and things like that. So that's a, another element of his game. On a Monday and Tuesday after an overtime game, how are you feeling? What would you do? Man, it was all recovery today. You know, I'm just resting up and trying to catch up on sleep and rest and just get yourself prepared for another week. Um, that's the way the NFL is. You never really have much time off all day. They're considered off days. You know, I got up about 6.37 this morning and hit my day getting started. I think just to get my body prepared to start my day tomorrow with practice and things. Actually, I just was getting done about 5.50 off the massage table coming over here, rushing over here. So, Does it help when you play at night having those extra few hours, or does that not make much of a difference at all? I don't think so. I think um, once Sunday hits, it's all the same. You know, um, you do everything, like I said, Monday through Saturday to prepare yourself. Yeah. And once Sunday hits, you know, whether it's a 12 o'clock noon game or a night game, your body's going to be in that mode to where your mind is kind of focused and lasers in on what you have to do to get out there and get yourself ready. What's going on at cornerback now? We saw Aaron Colvin, unfortunately, suffer an injury. Sharice Wright has been playing for you for a couple of games now. What are you seeing with him? Tough guy, man. Um, he's been playing the last couple of weeks with an uh, ACL injury. You know, it's a tough injury for anybody to play through. Better get that cornerback. When guys are running, you have to use your arms to jam at the line of scrimmage. You have to tackle guys. So he's definitely a tough uh, president in the locker room. Better yet, in the secondary. You know, he's a veteran guy. He's played before, so. It's a big part of what we're doing now. Got his arm in on a lot of passes, it seemed like, on Sunday. That's that's a nice addition just in the middle of the season. You don't, you don't see that often, picking up a guy in September that can make an, a, an impact like that, do you? Not at all. You know, I think that's the way this league is. That's the kind of type of guys we've been looking for, guys that's always the next man up mentality. You know, and I think he brought that same mentality from day one when he came here. He wanted to pick up the defense really quick, and he came in and practiced really well and carried over into the game. How about Kareem? He switches back and forth from corner to safety, safety to corner, wherever is needed. How have you thought about what he's been able to do? He looks so comfortable at safety, and then he slips right back at, at corner just, you know, like he never left. Yeah, it's a natural fit. You know, he's an athlete, um, but at the same time, he's a very bright guy, smart guy football-wise, able to get guys lined up, play multiple positions, and th think the game throughout. That's a lot within itself. And I think anytime he's been asked to change positions, he's always been that guy. He's never been a selfish guy. He's always been a team player. Jonathan Joseph is with us. Questions from his teammates coming up. Questions from the crowd here at Fuddruckers Town and Country. It's the Fuddruckers Texan Players Show. Keep it here for more of the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Right here on Texans Radio. Now back to Fuddruckers. For more of the Texans Players Show. Let me tell you something. We're a town of country Fuddruckers. There's no question this is the biggest crowd we've had at this location. No doubt. One of the very biggest we've ever had. Jonathan Joseph is here, and it's great to visit with J. Joe following the Texans' victory over the Colts. Before we get to the questions from your teammates, though, it's Dallas week. 
and it's huge. Now, I know, like many of us, you weren't born here, but you got here as fast as you could, J. Joe. So what does it mean to the players? And I know it can't mean the same thing as it does for Houston lifelong residents, but do they understand how huge this is for this city to play the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, we play every year in the preseason. We play every year in the preseason, and, you know, you get your little bragging rights, but that's not the real big game. Yeah. You know, this is the one that come up every four years, the swing game. So, you know, I haven't been a part of this rivalry. But I remember last time we played those guys, it came down to a last-second pass down, you know, at Romo. Mm. So it was definitely one of those games that came down to the wire and lived up to expectations. But, you know, we're going out there for the victory. That was an overtime game as well. Oh, yeah. The 2014, but came out on the other like end of the result. College game yeah. as far as the crowd goes. I mean, the, the, yep. so it much battle-red. It, it was loud. so much fun. Romo used a silent count at the end. I, you had to love that. It's the only time you'd been like that for you on a road game, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I'm trying to invade. You know, so I'm sure it'll be the same way here. They're looking to invade Houston, you know, with their fans and things like that. And it's a night game to even put more things on top of that. So it's definitely a special outing for us. You know, we had a night game in 2002, the very first game in franchise history, Cowboys- uh, here against the Texans, and I was going to ask you, what were you doing in 2002? 2002. Where were you? Were you even? You weren't even in I was graduating. college. Yeah, I was graduating. I graduated high school in 2002. You were yeah. in high school. Yeah, my so did year. I. <laughs> so did very, Mark. Very close. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to the first question from a teammate from Jonathan Joseph. What do we have? Yo, J. Joe, it's Whitney here. Um, do you ever get jealous at KJAC having KJAC TV? <laughs> you haven't been on it this year either. It really uh, bums nah, me out. No, nah, no, nah. I'm definitely not. The, I guess I'm the TV guy, but, you know, that's not my thing. Yeah, I'm a little bit more laid back, and um, I talk a lot, but, you know, that's not the spotlight. It's not for me. I have suggested to J. Joe, because he's got this locker that's off to the side of the locker room, <laughs> and he's just got this wall, and everybody goes to talk to him. And I have suggested to him, and he knows this, uh, to get a little sofa or futon where oh, guys yeah. can come and get a little end table with the lamp. And we call it J. Joe's Corner. And then my next pitch to you was that we do a little show okay. um, that we call Ask J. Joe, and you just give advice on your little little therapist sofa. Mike Carson players. would love that. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I think we're on to something, D.P. You're on to something, D.P. <laughs> you just need to get the sofa and the end table and the lamp, and I'll bring the, 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 the video, and, and we'll, we'll just we'll, go from there. We'll you know, you should it. charge, because all the players talk about talking to you, getting advice from you. They the all do. The guys, advice about playing football and probably other aspects of life as well. Um, yeah, I, I've been playing the game for a long time, but throughout my time playing the game, I've been be blessed to play with a lot of veterans also. Mm -hmm. And I've just took wisdom from those guys, the coaches that have came along my way, and these guys in other sports also that I look up to. So I've been able to just take all the advice, take all the um, information, and just try to push it down to the younger guys. And I'm still learning now also, so, you know, I'm always willing to learn from those guys also. How much do you talk with offensive guys? Because Sammy Coates in the preseason, we were chit-chatting with him, and he was he, he was kind of not taken aback but and not surprised, but he, he was like, oh, man, that guy knows so much, and he's such a, a, a resource to talk to about that. How much do you talk with receivers and, and tight ends and quarterbacks and stuff? I talk to a lot, man. It's funny. I even talk to some of the opponents after the game. You know, they ask me questions on things that I've seen to alert me to certain things here and there. But I think, you know, that's the way to compete in practice. When you see something, you just push it along to the younger guys. You know, on the airplane, Deshaun Watson sits next to me, and we have a lot of conversations, you know, on the road and things like that. So I think it's definitely to talk to those guys because they can help me out from what they see, and I definitely give those guys advice what I see from a defender. That's funny you mentioned that because I had interviewed Cecil Shorts over the summer, and he said that when – 
when he used to play in Jacksonville, you guys would sometimes talk after the games, and you'd give him, and he was like, oh, the Texans used to kill us every single year. And then JJ would give me some advice after the game. And I was like, well, why would he do that? So I want to ask you, like, you you must love the game so much that you just just even want to talk about it with with the opposing receivers. Yeah, I think sometimes you can watch. When I study film a lot, I pick up on tendencies. And, you know, uh, throughout the game, you can just see it over and over, and it just helps you out so much. And I never tell those guys before the game, but, you know, tell them I after. definitely tell them after the game something that I can pick up on that I've seen throughout the game that will alert me to something pretty much every time. But that, why would that you that tell them do. that? Because then if you got to face them again, then they're going to use their, you know. It's all good. It's, it's, a, it's a challenge it's, it's, of it. It's, it's, it's a competitive part about it. Yeah. But, you know, that's just me trying to help the younger guys out the same way, you know, guys did me before. Do, who, do you, who do you turn to for advice in the locker room? You're like one of the veteran guys, but who do you turn to? I just talk to, honestly to everybody, you know, mostly the DBs. When I do drills, when I do things, I ask those guys to be the eyes for me. You know, the same way I try to look at those guys and critique them, do me the same way. You know, that's the only way I think it should be able to be in the room and be transparent. All right, next question for Jonathan Joseph from a Texans teammate. Hey, J. Joe, it's John Harris. Quick question for you. Whoa. When did you start shaving your head, and how often do you shave your head now? Well, I think it was probably my last year of college, actually. My last year of college, uh... Uh, I probably shave it three times a week. Sometimes if I'm lazy, that maybe much? two times. Yeah, wait, about three times a if week. If you let it grow, would you be full head of hair or no chance? No chance. Oh, I definitely, really? I definitely won't have a full head of hair. <laughs> I started losing my hair when I was about twenty, and I didn't even fight it. I was just like, man, I don't have time. Let's to be go sitting now. Here. Let's go now. Let's do it. And I'm all in, and I never look back. There's that Seinfeld where that guy does it, then all of a sudden he tries to grow it back. He's like, wait a minute, I'm bald. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm definitely that guy in the locker room that always looking at the guys that's still fighting it. And I'm always telling them, hey, you want more haircut away from that bald head? Come on. (laughs) Oh, gosh, that is so good. All right, questions from the crowd now. Let's move along. Kimmy's got the microphone. And what's your name, sir? Steven. Steven, what's your question? Uh, Question is, who do you think your most competitive teammate is? Competitive teammate? Most competitive teammate. Uh, I'd say DeAndre Hopkins. I'd say DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's like he's a, he's a guy that like to get get out of there. Whatever he does, he wants to win at all times, and that's pretty much how most guys is. But he's a guy. I would say he's a cheater to a certain degree. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I noticed the ping pong table yeah. in the locker room, and you can't help but notice it in some of the, some of the sound bites because you hear like oh, that's the, all this, we hear in, in every interview. And you're thinking, well, geez, there's a lot of ping pong being played. Who's really good at ping pong? Really good. Bruce Ellington's probably the best. J.J. Watt probably number two. Really? Kaimi is not bad Kaimi's either. Kaimi's really good. Trevor's good. Um, Greg Mance is really good. Blackson's really good. D'Angelo's really good. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the locker room that's really good. The more you play, the better you get. And it's a competitive thing. You just don't want to keep losing to the same guys. Will Fuller's really good. You know, so. Everybody's getting their turn at the ping pong table. That would be good for us so for the offseason to record some of that Hopkins stuff. Hopkins competitiveness, clearly on the football mm-hmm. field. But you're talking about other stuff, too. Examples like what? What else is he competitive in? Well, it's just basketball, racing, anything. He's always, you know, he's willing to challenge you for a bet for anything. Racing, <laughs> like anything. I mean, Wait, anything. are we talking Fast and the Furious racing or <laughs> racing with your feet? No, nah, he's just always something like we can be in here and he asks me which guy you think going to be in line first or something like. It's always oh, something. Yeah, he's just competitive. Always, he's always got something that he want to compete. The best with. are like that. At that competitive. I mean, you yep. read up on Jordan. You know, stuff like that. Anyways, very cool. I, You know, there's a picture in every week's press release, so we see it all the time, and I know the fans don't. But 
it's DeAndre Hopkins playing basketball at Clemson. And it's just it's just cool to see it, you know. I'd love to be able to look at some of that tape, and I know it's available, so I should do that. All right, next question for the crowd. What's your name? Natasha. Natasha, what's your question? So, J. Joe, what are some things you continue to learn about yourself as you played the game? Uh, I think that you can always learn more. You know, um, never get to a point to where you think that you know it all. I think whether it's coming from coaches, uh, your peers, uh, even your outside mentorship people, you know, I think always have open ears. So that's the main thing that I've been able to take over the years, just have open ears, open eyes, and just be able to take it. All right. I like that. Next question from the crowd. Let's get a, let's get plenty of them in here. Juanita. Hi, Juanita. If you, if you were a jersey swapping in your rookie season, what player or players would you have wanted to swap with? My rookie season. Oh, uh, six. Back then, it would probably be the guys like Ed Reed, Troy Pollard, Ray Lewis, Chad Johnson, Terrell Owens, all those guys. Champ Bailey, you know, all those guys pretty much. I got to that point. When I was young, I was really shy. And then one of the Pro Bowls I went to was like Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis, Peyton Manning, all those guys. So I was like a kid at the candy store. <laughs> <laughs> you, you Jersey swap now? Yeah, sometimes, you know, more so with the guys that uh, came in with the draft with me and, you know, some of the other defensive backs. I'm not really big into it. I guess that's the new thing the guys are doing now. Yeah. So I'm kind of jumping on the bandwagon a little late, but I've never really been into it. Although last year when, when we played Jacksonville, you and AJ swapped jerseys. This yeah. was the first time you guys were facing each other. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I remember we, we shot something with him, and, and <laughs> you'd written something on his jersey about macaroni. <laughs> Because he'd gotten all that money. Yeah, he got all that cheese. They gave him a lot of guys, cheese. And you guys still keep in touch with each other, which is which is really nice because you really saw him sort of come up here. That's the best part about it, I think. Um, when you play in the NFL, you know, when you've been able to play as long as I've been able to play, you get these relationships. And it's a turnover league where guys come and go. But I think when you build these bonds and these relationships, and I think social media help it out a lot now mm -hmm. because now you, know, you really don't have the time to text and talk all the time, but you can scroll through social media and you see things you can comment and keep up, you know, have – little fun with him and things like that. So I think that's where he's at today. A guy like Boyer, he came in here undrafted. So what did you see in him early, and what did he do to take his game to that level? I think he always had the talent because um, I remember the first time I seen him, I was like, why is this guy wasn't a first-round pick? You know, off, oh, really? this, wow. off a height, weight, movement, skill standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, um, And it took him a while to kind of get into his comfort zone, but he's always a guy that was around the football early. But it was probably that last year where he was staying out to practice late every day, one of the first guys out to practice in the weight room every day. We work out two to three times a week. He's working out five times a week. So, you know, he just kind of pushed himself to the next level and put everything together, got his confidence going, got his part of self mentally right, and mm -hmm. the rest was easy because he always had the physical talent. But you probably see, have seen plenty of guys in your career who have a lot of talent, but they don't reach that level consistently anyway. Is it all about work? What, what is it, J.J.? It's a lot that go into it. I think um, a lot of guys can be system guys. A lot of guys have a different skill set. Um, I think it all depends what scheme you're in, where you've been drafted to. It can be the coach turnover. It's a lot of different things that make it click for some guys. And I think A.J. was being blessed to have, you know, a guy like Vance Joseph, me, John Butler. Air Reeves is here for a year with him. You know, so he's able to get a lot of football information in, get some good football information from coaches like Rack, guys like Wade Phillips. So it's real good for A.J. I remember when he was a rookie, is that – first year that Ed Reed, or the, the year Ed Reed was here for a little bit, and Deion Sanders and the NFL Network came out to camp, and Deion was talking with all you guys, and Boye was in the middle of it, the first one asking Deion Sanders questions. It was 
it was pretty cool to see because like you didn't really know a whole lot about Boye just yet because of his circumstances, but it was really neat to see him do that. And then, and then in the fourth preseason game, he gets the pick at, 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 against the Cowboys and does the thing on the star. <laughs> that got Wade Phillips a little, <laughs> little hacked off. So, yeah. yeah, that's how AJ was. You know, he would always get in there, you know, a couple games, and for whatever reason, he'd get two interceptions a year there. And then he played spy duty and come back. But, you know, that one year when he got his opportunity, he took off and made the best of it. And that's what the league is all about. Yeah. I think I was talking to a younger guy today and telling him what success was. And it's basically one opportunity means preparation. And he did that. All right, next question from the crowd. What's your name? Say your name. If you were taking a road trip with the defensive backs, who would you not want to have the auxiliary for? Oh. Say it again. Who doesn't get the aux cord? Who didn't get the aux cord oh, in a road trip? Oh, the aux cord. Who doesn't get it? If you're road tripping with the DBs. Just the DBs, right? I yeah. would say that would definitely be our thing. Uh, Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson. He's bad taste in music? Bad taste. He's all over the place. Is he really? Yeah, yeah he's all over the place. Because he'll, he'll pick something out, and then 10 seconds later, he'll change his mind completely about it. So he's <laughs> definitely like, not no, the guy. He won't control or nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to listen to that anymore. He would, give it, he would give it too much hype <laughs> quick and then be like, I was wrong. I was wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I asked Anthony Midget, a secondary coach, and I think it was at training camp, if you had to take a road trip with your DBs, who's the, the DB you would not want to be on a road trip with? And he actually said Kevin Johnson because yeah. he talks so much. I feel like Kevin gets such a bad rap sometimes. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, just the easiest one to pick on. He's isn't a true he? little net. He's always there and always got something to say. He's a life. He's he's a guy that you always need to have in a room like him, though, because he can, he can relate to everybody. And he keeps it loose in the room. So it's always fun to have Kevin around. Even from his rookie year, it seemed like he was getting along with every with the vets, with the rookies. Yeah. He just sort of fit right in. Yeah, it was real funny that rookie year because I never we didn't have ping pong, but we was playing a little game tossing the football into the uh, trash the, uh, cans. the trash bins. Yeah, and he was taking Brian Cushion and JJ off. It was me and him on teams, and he wouldn't stop giving them crap about beating them. It was the funniest <laughs> thing ever because Cush wanted to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Cush. I'm sure takes losing well, really to well, a rookie no or less. To a rookie, yeah. yes. <laughs> Next question for the crowd, Good Liam. Question. What's your question? What was your welcome to the NFL room? We must have asked you this before, but I can't remember what I, this I is. I think I know. Do you remember what this is? My <laughs> welcome to the NFL moment with the Cincinnati Bengals oh, back wow. in 2006. Was it Washington? Yeah, it was against the Washington. My first game was going Whoa. against the Washington Redskins. I never, we lined up against uh, Santana Moss, and I was pressing guys all the time in practice, and I thought it was going to be just like that until we got into the game. And first play in press, he went by me so fast, the first three or four reps. I didn't think I could keep up with anybody in the game. The speed was just so fast. So I kind of had to go to the sideline and gather myself and settle down a little bit. Nice story. But okay. you were, you were. I mean, your combine time, I still talk about it. His 40 <laughs> time was like 4-3-1, and you felt slow when you That's were. That's why it was surprising to me because I was always the fastest guy on the field, but it was just, you know, practice. Just football speed football, is different. The game speed is just a little faster than practice. Just a little faster. Everything happens just a little quicker. The timing's a little bit better. And that's the thing that guys kind of realize when they get out there actually in the game. Because it's not just raw speed. It's also like your reaction time. Yeah, it's like reaction time. Like if you get time. like a split second faster off. It's just everything that just goes into that game. You know, practice is just a little different from the game. It's kind of hard to explain until you get out there. We're going to try to get some more questions here. I've got a few more for Jonathan Joseph myself as the Texans take on the Cowboys Sunday. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show at Town Texas. Is up next. The Fuddruckers Texans Players Show continues in a moment. Continues in a moment. Continues in a moment. 
We're back with more of the Texans Players Show, live from Fuddruckers. Oh, yeah, we are. I mean, the commercial break is over. I'm busy tweeting here. We've got a lot of things going on. i got Jonathan Joseph here, Town & Country Fuddruckers, and it's great to have him as this is our first of at least two visits with J. Joe this year. J. Joe is on Texans Monday, by the way. Listen to him after games, Texans Monday, 822 approximately a.m. How about that? It's a good time. It's a good, good time. time to talk. Some te- this was a good, good time good to week. talk te- after a win. Oh Jonathan, it, maybe it's not the prettiest, quote-unquote, to the people around, but a win is a win is a win, right? Oh, absolutely. In this league, yeah. a win is a win, man, especially when you're 0-3. You know, um, you're sitting there in a game like that, tough fault division game. And it's a division game, so it means, you know, a lot. Um, and it's a road game for us as a team, so we definitely can hopefully get some momentum and carry that over into this week. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we got to definitely correct from that game. But at the same time in this league, anytime you get a win, and the, chance, and the way we were sitting at 0-3, we needed that. Now you're tied with them, and now you have the tiebreaker over them should something come down to it. But you guys have been in, in Indianapolis, and you've won against the Colts three of the last four times you played there. Hadn't happened until 2015, 2016. Yeah, you know, they've always, you know, Peyton Manning been there for years. And then, you know, they got Andrew Luck right after that. And I think, you know, for us as a team, that doesn't really matter who they have. We have to go in there with the mentality that we're going to win on the road. We're going to win there. And, you know, three out of the last four, that's definitely good. So we have to continue, you know, doing that when we go down the road with them being in the division. Was there any point in overtime when you were thinking about the possibility of a tie? Because I know the rest of us were watching it. But when you're a player on the field, it's just such a, an odd scenario to be in where you exchange field goals and you think, okay, this could actually end in a tie. But as a player, do you think about that? Are you just sort, sort of so into the drive at the time? But, you know, how much awareness do you have about, like, how it could turn out if, you know, they, the, you guys both did, didn't score again? I think, um, you know, it's going to come down to who just made the most plays at the end. You know, I thought it was a point in the game to where we both were moving the ball and it was going to come who made a stop here and there. You know, we made the third down stop and had to come up again and make a fourth down stop. We had to make two stops in a row. And I think, you know, we gave the ball back to our offense in a good field position. And they went down and did what a good team's supposed to do and go out and close it out. I feel like the first three games were so stressful. (laughs) And then this game was just that much stress wrapped up in one with how the game went just back and forth. But, you know, when the game's over, is the immediate emotion just relief that it's over or you have to sort of sit back and process like everything that sort of happened in that game i saw like a, a i saw like a whole variety of emotions i feel like in the locker room afterwards. yeah because you know some guys really celebrated and i think guys celebrated that we don't want to hang it on you know winning like that you know we think that we could have went in there and put a better display of team football on but at the end of the day like you said a win is a win in this league and i think that's kind of the way you've seen in the locker room some guys are feeling that type of way and I think that's good to have also because, you know, you should be happy to win in this league. Yeah, you the should same celebrate time. it, of course, right. right. But at the same time, you should be upset to where we left plays out there in that game to where it shouldn't have to come down to that. Jonathan, prior to the fourth down stop, they did bring the punt team onto the field, and then they changed their mind. What was that like for the defense where you think, well, they're going to punt. Oh, wait a minute. we got to go back out there and make another stop. That's good. You know, they challenge you. You know, basically at the end of the day because they felt like if they can get that, they can go out and seal the game and close the game. And I think as a defense, we kind of bowled up and we stepped up and went out there and made a play. And once we gave it back to our office, they did their job and sealed the game. Bill O'Brien talked about like a Kodak timeout when, when you take a timeout. I, I like, I love that term just to see what Does anybody know what Kodak is anymore? How about a Polaroid timeout? Yeah, I guess your, that's the term for it. it. You take a picture of what the offense looks like and then, you, yeah. and then you come back in. I mean, how often do you come back in and it looks exactly the same? Like, don't they, I mean, or does it? Does it does it really help 
if, <laughs> to be able to do that. That's that's pretty much how it works sometimes, you know. You never know what the situation is, but it's good as a coach to kind of see what they had in their mindset, you know, in a crucial situation, and they've got to have a moment. But, you know, the only way that probably would have happened if you'd have got a little Xerox. <laughs> what about the Xerox timeout instead? It's be a color copy, though. You know, I don't want any smudges, black and white copy. Yeah, you know, you hit Xerox out there, and the offense is basically running the same Run play the same over thing. Yeah. All right, so, Jonathan, let me ask you this, because I did discuss this with you a little bit on the air yesterday, but you were on the phone, and it was just, you know, morning drive or whatever. But at the end of the game, Chester Rogers is there, and you go right up on him at the line of scrimmage. Is that your decision? Is that a defensive call to do it that way? I mean, how does that work when you make that decision, whether to give the guy a little bit more room and play him a certain way rather than press him? It's just situational football, um, mm-hmm. things that you work on. I know I remember on film a lot, um, they had a couple plays against Cincinnati and got to have a situation because that game came down to the wire, too, with Cincinnati. They were running a lot of pick plays. And, you know, I was thinking they're in a situation to where me or the other guy in the slot had to kind of get up on the guy because you didn't want to get picked and for them to run and get a first down easily. So I just wanted to kind of get up and, you know, avoid the pick if that situation came. It's got to be strange because if you're in a, a press situation, they get by you, you're thinking, i got to have some help, right, just in case. Yeah, you know, that's the same way that uh, quarterback is thinking, you know. <laughs> i got to make a play here. You know, it's a right. pass rush coming. I don't have time. If I throw it up, it's a 50-50 ball. Hopefully the guy can win. You know, we did it several times with Will Fuller in crucial situations, you know, get a guy running and make a stop. You know, I kind of think the same way that it's a tough play to fit in there because that window is so small. Hey, with all that in mind, what do you think it's like for opposing secondaries now that they got to worry about not just Hopkins, not just Fuller, but Kiki QT and the, the skill set he brings to it? That's what this league is at right now. I think the points are up around the league, yardage and everything. You know, just look at the receiving yardage. I think last week I read an article, well, not last week, a couple of days, he broke the record, right, for the debut, something like that. Yeah. Most number of and, catches yeah, and by a rookie, That's yeah. another um, dynamic element that we can add to this team. But those guys work hard in practice, and I think, you know, O'Brien do a great job of putting those guys in great situations throughout the game. And Deshaun has been hitting those guys. You know, look at Will having great games, Hop, now Kuti, so it's been a thing that's been a trend. And you saw that in training camp and OTAs and stuff. Like, So what he did on Sunday wasn't really all that surprising, was it? No, not at all, man. You know, we've been joking about him, calling him a show horse, you know. We wanted to see when we get the show horse go out there and perform. <laughs> With this cool little little pony that does tricks, everybody. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I've been, you know, giving him a little prance and dance. No horse thing, you know. But he definitely went out there and pulled the wheels off and showed what he can do. I feel like everybody heard us talking about him all off season, and then the players are talking about him all off season, and then he came out and he really did show out. Like everybody can f- finally see what we had sort of been seeing throughout practice and camp. Yeah, he did, man. You know, it's good for us as a team, you know. Made a lot of big plays, and he's only going to get better, you know. Just like I said, you know, his first time, I'm sure he made several mistakes and things like that that he liked to go out there and fix, you know, because the first time you're out there in a real game, live situation, on the road, you know, we're down 0-3. It's a lot of pressure on everybody. Now, looking towards Sunday, how, when, do you go, when do you start doing your prep for Sunday's game? Have you already begun that? You know, will that start tomorrow when practice begins? Yeah, you know, you got to do your own homework before you get over there on a Wednesday. We're going to put the game plan and stall first, second down tomorrow. You know, some play action passes and things like that, the run game. But I think you definitely have to do some things at home on your own. So when you get over there, it's not your first time being introduced to them. It's like all different receivers. And then Ezekiel Elliott, too, does things both in the run game and as a, as a pass catcher. Yeah, you know, I think that's what this league is coming to with the running backs. You know, you're able to send guys out and get those guys in one-on-one situations. And now the running backs are catching balls like, you know, slot receivers. Now. How good is he? I mean, who's he stack up with amongst the guys, not just this year, but Guys you've seen over the last decade or so. I guess you just say he's good as advertised. You know, different than uh, the kid Barkley 
you know, they came out of Penn State. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys, Fournette, all those guys now that's coming in, they're living up to it. Yeah. And, you know, when you're top pick in this league, he asked you to come in and play right away, and I think he did that as a rookie, and it's still rolling. What's it like trying to tackle one of those guys when he's coming out over around the edge on a sweep or something or catching a swing pass or something like that? It's, 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 it's one-on-one situation, you know, as a corner. It's tough not just for a corner because the backers now, you're getting these guys that squat five, six, seven hundred pounds. That's explosive running four threes and four fours. That's 225 pounds. So that's tough on anybody, definitely for a guy my size. But, you know, it's been football since I've been in this league. And, you know, part of my job is actually come up and support in the ring. My job is called, my number is called, I have to make a play. Is it different? It's got to be different prepping for a team like the Cowboys that you play every four years. Because even for me, doing the broadcast, you know, when we have a divisional game, you feel like you know these guys. You know, and there are a few names change every year, but you kind of go with it. Here's Dallas. Wait a minute. Who do they got? You know, and the last time you faced them, they were completely different. Yeah, that's the way it is with those games. Like, I was talking to Kevin the other day about it. Like, when we went and played Seattle, which is different. Because, yeah. you know, we don't have that same familiarity that we have playing a guy, team like Indy or, you know, New England or Cincinnati that we were playing every year that's in the AFC. So it's definitely different. But I think, you know, we faced those guys a couple times in the preseason. So we have a little something that, you know, we don't play much as starters. But I think overall from the concept standpoint. Which win over Cincinnati was your favorite? Because <laughs> this is your former employer. And ever since you joined the Texans, it feels like the Texans own Cincinnati. I think you've only lost to them twi- uh, once. Once, once. once. That was in 2014 at NRG Stadium. And every time it seems like you need a win, you get it in Cincinnati. <laughs> I feel it's like J.J. always dynamic. gets a pick. Too. You yeah. really show out against your former team. Um, it just works out that way, I guess. You know, um, we played them a couple of times in the playoffs where it really meant something. And I right. think, you know, the first victory going, playing those guys and beating them was really good. But yeah. to beat them in the playoffs was even more special. You know, my first time being here in Houston and going back there. But, you know, it's part of football, man. It's never nothing personal. It's always business. But you've been here now longer <laughs> than you were been in Cincinnati, right? Oh, yeah. I've Is been here right? for eight years. I was there for five years. So Right, yeah. right. So then now it doesn't really feel like. Nah, it's it feels like you're more now. of a Texan than you yeah, ever were a Bengal, old. right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you signed in the off season, so how much of a threat was it that you might not be here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was close, man. Uh, really? Honestly, being honest, you know, I was, um, had a tough decision to make, and you know, had to gather, you know, talk to my family, you know, everyone that's kind of involved with me outside of football, and just make the right decision for myself personally, my family, and just my playing career. And I think, you know, signing back here was the best thing for me. I've built a foundation here. I've been here. I mean so much to this team. The team means a lot to me, the city, fans, uh, my family, um, the McNairs, everybody. So it definitely meant a lot to be back here. I left some money on the table, but it's not about that. I've, they've been more than enough generous to me over my time here in Houston. So I definitely want to come back in here and be a part of this group. No state income tax, too. That's Yeah. That's very alluring. He just reeled off all those people. He's also a big man in the grocery store that he goes to. I'm not going to disclose which one it is, but... Some of the stalkers, they, uh, oh, they, they talk football with J. Joe. When he, when he, but he doesn't buy any vegetables, so who is he talking to hey, over there? You, there's stuff in other aisles. <laughs> He's laughing. You, you still don't eat salads, no, no, do you? No, you have tried salad, though, right? No, he hasn't. I haven't tried a salad, but See? I tried oh. some new, uh, it was a veggie blend smoothie today at um, Smoothie King. And when they gave it to me, I added blueberries, and they gave it to me. It came out brown. I was like, what is this going to taste like? <laughs> but it was actually good. It, it was, was really good. good. It was really Just don't good. look at what it looks like. Close your eyes. There it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I was going to ask you. I, I want to ask you anyway because I, I think you'll have a great answer for this. But being a father, what does it do to you as a player? How does it change you as a player, as a teammate, when you become a father? And you've been a father for a while now, but you, know, you went through that transition. 
Yeah, um, the older they get, uh, the little more different it gets for me. You know, my um, youngest son, last week, he came in from football practice and started complaining about his groin. You know, telling me that his groin and stuff was hurting. So that was a little different for me. And then my oldest son, last night, hyperextended his knee. Oh, so, my gosh. You know, How alarming um, is that when you see your kids get hurt? Like yeah, that? it's very different for me because, you know, for me as an NFL athlete, I don't really think much about it. Right. But me to see my kids get injured or just to have that, you know, part about them mentally that they got to go out and play through injuries and fight back. It's definitely a side that I probably didn't want them to go through, but it's part yeah. of the game. Wow. We saw your daughter on the uh, the Christmas ads last year before the game. Is she just kind of she kind of run the show amongst the kids? <laughs> no, yeah, she's a pistol, man. 100%, yeah. You know, having a daughter definitely changed, you know, the way I look at things. Uh, she's the life of the party all the time, you know. She's she very, gives it to you straight. <laughs> she, she, yeah. she has a big personality, and that's good for us. You and know? how old is she? She just turned four a couple of days ago. Okay. She was this close to coming here with me, but I was kind of running out <laughs> I, I have I have, I have a child like that too, where I'm like I bring you, but do not talk to anybody. Uh, yeah, she's a candidate for future Tanisha knows what I'm She's a future kid reporter candidate. She is. She uh, is. Yeah, she is. She's, she's, she's really good. She'd definitely be up for it, man. She's a handful. She's the teacher. She's the teacher helper at school every day. Well, the teacher needs help. <laughs> Beautiful, Jonathan. Thanks for joining us. Good luck this week against Dallas. Oh, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. Jonathan Joseph here at Fuddruckers Town and Country, Texas All Access, next here on Texans Radio. Is Texans Radio. Texans Radio. Texans Radio.